step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Celebrating their 20th year in radio broadcasting. With news not heard in the news, the International Taz and Paula Show interviews experts from all walks of life, bridging research and personal life journeys, revealing new ways to unleash life with a passion of a heartbeat. And now, here's Taz and Paula. Well, there's no other day like today, believe me. Our guest is Linda Howe, and with this incredible goddess, we're looking at going from an ordinary day to an extraordinary day, which, by the way, is half the title of her new book published by Hay House. And her book is Discover Your Soul's Path Through the Akashic Records, Taking Your Life from Ordinary to extraordinary. Paula, I want to check out extraordinary today. How about you? Yes. Yes. You are now listening to the International Taz and Paula Show. I'm Taz. And I'm Paula. Well, somehow, extraordinary, Taz, reminds me of finding a treasure, and that's exactly what Linda Howe does. She finds treasures She's an award-winning author, teacher, and world-renowned leading expert in the field of Akashic Studies and is the first person to bring the Akashic Records to the world community in 1994. Now, with ease and grace to the founder of the Linda Howe Center for Akashic Studies, Linda swings the doors open with books and workshops and allows others to tap into the wisdom of their soul for a practical application to be used in their daily lives. Linda, what a great way to begin our new year is with you. So welcome. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you. It's wonderful to be here. Now, when was the first time that you actually went into the Kashik Records? Well, I'll tell you. The first time I ever went into the records consciously, right, deliberately, mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, I had bumped into them, as so many in our time have, right? We bump into them. But um, the first time was, it really, it was in 1994. And I had, I had been on the path for, oh gosh, for 20 years, Right, really seeking and searching and looking under every rock and just really, I had had a um, what was for me a life-changing spiritual moment when I was 24 years old. Um, after after really a most ordinary upbringing um, here in Chicago, I. You know, I did everything that I thought was right. I really had the sense that um, that life was a management <laughs> it was a management challenge, and that if I could <laughs> just get everything right, then I'd be happy. I really thought that. I mean, it was you know made sense to me. So I woke up at twenty four, and I realized I had done everything. Um, to the best of my ability, and I had a life that really looked terrific, and I was dreadfully disappointed, and and I just felt so lost and empty inside, and and I prayed, and was met with what was for me a most profound moment, in which I. I had a real sense, like I really felt it and knew it, that we're all one. 
Now, mm. I know these are, you know, we're at this time in history where many of us are having these moments. This, I have to tell you, nothing prepared me for that. And then the next, like in, I don't know, like a heartbeat perhaps, I had this experience of being completely known and loved. Like really, ooh, like like life loved me. And, wow. and, and I was unhinged. Do you know what I'm saying? I, it just, it was so, you know, I always thought, oh, you know, God loves me. But, but I hadn't experienced it in such an intimate and real way. And that's actually what that pulled the trigger and set me off on the path. And, and it wasn't until, and believe me, I did so many great things and met tremendous teachers and did, you know, got to, got to learn about a million fabulous uh, ways of experiencing life. But it wasn't until I I heard the word Akasha. I didn't know what, hey, listen, I'm from Chicago. We don't use words like that. <laughs> I'm like, Akasha, right? Akashic Records, what's that? Anyway, I, I heard the word and it just, it it's like it went into my heart. And I thought, well, whatever this is, I have to go check this out. So I did. And I went to a class and learned how to open my records. And and that was in 1994. And upon opening my records, I had an experience that was the closest to what I encountered at the age of 24 and even since, right? So, and I knew whatever... I didn't even understand Akashic Records. I didn't know what this was. I just thought this is this it it like captured my my imagination and my heart and my feelings. It just kind of like washed over me because I felt completely known and loved, <laughs> like with no judgment. And I thought, well, well, what is this, right? And and there you have it. And so, and that was in 1994. Um, and I started doing readings, Akashic Record readings in 94. By 96, I was teaching. In 2001, I um, received the Pathway Prayer Process, which is the access that I use and teach others. Uh, my first book came out in 2009. That's How to Read the Akashic Records. The second one came out in 2011. And then this is my third book in 2015, Discover Your Soul's Path Through the Akashic Records. So this is, I, I have to tell you, I had no idea. You know, I think that's one of the funny things about the path is, you know, you can't really plan for it. It just no. it meets us. Right? Now, Linda, who could plan for this? Please. Anyway. Linda, let me ask you, is it, when you go into sure. the Akashic Records, um, the records of your soul, is it, is it like a library? Is it, I mean, is it alphabetical or what happens? How, you know? Oh, oh, you know, that is a great question. God, I like that question. So this is how it is. Okay, first I think it's helpful to understand what the records are. Okay, so the Akashic Record, it, it is, it is like a library, right? It's a vibrational archive of every soul and its journey. So like we're all in it, right? And it's vibrational. So it's invisible. We don't see it, right? But we can sense it. We can detect it. We can almost like, it's almost like, I want to say it's like you can register the sensation of it. But I think it's helpful to understand that every set of records has two parts. There's like the fixed, and and that's that's really uh, it's like the blueprint of your soul. The um, which is tr really your divine potential is like etched out, and that's that's just natural to who you are, right? And and that's fixed. It doesn't. It's permanent. Doesn't change. And what travels along with that is the catalog of the lifetimes you live through which you awaken to your divine potential and actually live it here on earth. So 
that's what the record is. Now, when we work in the Akashic record, what what happens? We work like the way the way I work and the way I teach people to work is using this prayer, the pathway prayer process. And in the saying of the prayer, the practitioner, which would be anybody who's practicing at the moment, right? The practitioner <laughs> experiences a slight shift in awareness and perception, right? That makes mm-hmm. it easier to detect the presence of the Akasha. Because, see, the Akashic field is certainly, it's everywhere. It's just that we don't, it's just that it's hard to, like, make the connection with it, right? So so we say the prayer, and it enables us to, um, it, like, stills us enough so that we can make a conscious connection with it. Now, when that happens, you know, it's so interesting. Um, Many of us were raised or really heard about, oh, the records is the library and there's somebody's going to bring me a book. Well, you know, that's the, that's, I mean, I wish it was that way. (laughs) But it's not. I wish it was that easy, huh? (laughs) Right, it would be easier, right? But, but see, it really isn't that way. It's, It's actually like stepping into a sanctuary, See, the record is spiritual, right? So it's, and, and what that means is that it's a, it's a realm of infinite love and respect. That's what, I mean, you know, we know what spiritual is. That's what it is. And so when we open our records, it's as if we enter into this sacred realm that exists simultaneously within us it's it's embedded in our soul right it is the soul level dimension of consciousness so it connects our you know it it is both within and beyond us simultaneously right and and when we work in the record you know it's a funny thing people um i realized this not too long ago actually in a new way um you know how we always say oh the the truth is within every, you know, and, and, and you know, that's actually, that's, that's true, right? The, the challenge is how do we, how to be still enough, how to be in a sacred space or a space that supports recognizing the truth? How do we let ourselves know the deepest truths that live within and that's what I have found most profound and valuable about working in the records. Because like in the saying of the prayer, it says if it opens up an inner door, right, an inner gateway, it opens it up so that the eternal truths that live within are easier to identify and recognize and then comprehend, right? Now, there are, most of us, when we work in the record, have a sense of knowing. I would say 85% of the people who work in the record have a sense of knowing. And then, oh, maybe 10% actually um, are, are more visual, right? They see images, I do not see any images. I envy those who do. And then then there's about 5% who are audio and actually hear. I have never heard a thing. <laughs> I have all sense of knowing. So I don't know. And, and I don't know. You know, I don't think it really means anything. I think the records always meet people in, in the best way for, for any given are. individual. Yeah. Where did the prayer yeah, come from? I'll tell you, this prayer, the pathway prayer process came to me. Um, I had been working with another prayer that was um, in the sacred in the sacred prayer tradition. It was uh, it was a very good prayer to for, to get started with, um, but it was very much mental. You know, it was a lot of ideas. It was a little psychic, and um, and I just it made it hard for me personally to connect into the heart. I thought, well, that's that's all right. Anyway, things I didn't 
I was uh, so I was working with this prayer, and then what happened was, um, I came to we came to a parting of the ways. I was with this group, and the the belief um, of the group, the shared belief of the group, was that the records were for um, kind of like a select population, and that we had to be careful about who we taught and who we shared this with. And that was contrary to the way I had come to know the records because my my work in the records, it was very clear to me and through my own practice that um, that my work is to make the records available to anybody who wants them. Because, you know, the truth is not everybody wants them. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's hard to believe, I know. But you know what I'm saying? So it was like, well, wait a second. There, you know, we have, uh, anyway. So so I was working in, so I stopped teaching for a while. Uh, a while is like 18 months. And a lot, and I kept I kept going into my records and saying, you know, what's my work? What's my work? And oh, I was I was upset. I was heartbroken because I didn't know how how was I going to share this if I didn't have a way to do it, you know. And um, it turns out that the weekend before nine eleven uh, two thousand one, I was working in my records, and it came to me. We have a there's a prayer for you, a, a new access, <laughs> and I was like. <laughs> Well, I wasn't so sure I wanted it. <laughs> I was like, I don't know, maybe there's somebody better who can do this. And it was like, no, 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 this is for you. Anyway, so I got this prayer, and it's the pathway prayer process. And I sat with it for like three days, you know. And um, on Tuesday morning, on September 11, 2001, I shared it with my assistant, Chrissy. And... Um, at that time, uh, we were on the phone. The The airplanes were crashing into the Twin Towers in New York. And it was just, I was so, I, I have to tell you, it like, blew, I felt like something inside of me broke wide open because it was like in that moment, you know, with every devastation, you know, there are higher and lower aspects to everything, Yeah. And in this, it was like it broke it open, and and as tragic and devastating as that incident was, it also liberated. It broke open the the heart of certainly the heart of the Western world, and and it made us more vulnerable. And and this this prayer actually, I have come to understand that this was a higher expression of that particular um, event. And so this prayer, I started sharing it with students in 2001 and have been doing so ever since. Linda, I have a question. Sure. um, This morning, you know, sometimes before I interview with the guest, I get shown certain things and I didn't realize that I was being shown what you're talking about. <clears throat> and I was in um, a prayer process this morning that um, I was able to go much deeper than I'd ever been able to do before, and I was able to see deeper into a situation regarding uh, a couple of individuals. And I, it was really interesting because... Because of what I saw, I mean, I visually see, okay, so okay, okay, and I and what I was able to be told as well, I I got um, somehow that teaches me how to share with others as I um, as I go along my way. So is this what happens to you because you're you get into this area you're able to feel or see or however you process this yourself and then you're able to teach others in this method as well because it sticks with you once you see this it just opens a door that Well, you know that is so this is a very interesting um matter that you raise because 
you know, when we talk about sharing, so generally I will say yes, I w- yes, okay. But but the way I have come to understand it is that, you know, the truth is we we can only share with others what we have, what right, and and it's not just the idea; it's the experience. And I know, see, that when I work in the record, I experience, it's not just the idea, do you see, it's the experience of it. Right. And that is really, because, you know, when I was, you know, when I was actually praying and seeking, my prayer was I wanted to be able to connect with the wisdom the compassion yeah. and the life force, like the power. that And the record really is the convergence zone. See, we have gone in the collective, we've gone, the mind is terrific. And self-knowledge is wonderful, but, you know, it doesn't go far enough. Right. Right. But as we experience, then we begin to describe and as we describe our experiences and what we're you know, what we're getting, what we glean, as we describe that, then we find this in that sharing there is you know, this is where we can really um empower others, empower and you know, by making use of our own experiences and that empowers yeah. others. Yeah. yeah. Now, I have a I have a question. When you do a reading and you go into the records, mm-hmm. um, can you go into someone else's records? I mean, how is it individualized? Oh, oh, sure. So this is how this is. So if if I were to read either one of you, I would open the way we work in the records is we um, every set of records is cataloged, if you will, on the name, the current legal name. And because in this dimension, you know, when you have a legal name, it's it's like you really take a stand for the name. And everyone's name has a probability, right? There is a vibration, okay? And so what happens, like if I open your records, I what I would do is I get your current legal name and I open your records, but only with your permission. Like we, you know, we don't open the record, you know, we only mm-hmm. open the records of people who want their records open, and and that's how that's how it's done. And so it's it's as if it's as if the two of us then are held in a like a sphere of yeah. light. Yeah. Okay. And we work within that. And the way. What's really nice about this is that the practitioner, whether I'm working in my own records or your records or somebody else's records, the practitioner is always conscious. Do you know? So it's not trans-channeling. It's it's different than trans-channeling because we're not channeling. You know, we're we're fully conscious. We're not channeling entities, right? What we're doing is we're making a conscious connection with the core of our soul. Right, and and it comes in energetically. It it comes streaming in through the eighth chakra, right above the crown of the head. So, um, so as a reader, you know, I'm awake, and the way the energy moves, very interesting to me. You know how we always hear, you know, energy moves, uh, or you know, at, at how powerful the spoken word is. Well, that's actually true, but <laughs> it's very powerful. But what's really exciting is this, um, that in a reading, working in the records as we describe what we're getting, right, or what it seems like, as we are describing, the energy starts to move. And, you know, that's really fascinating. So it's like, you know, how do we do energy work in the Akasha? Well, the way we do it is we describe what what we're getting or what <laughs> what it seems like, and, and things actually move. Does this, am I making sense? That's yeah, beautiful. Oh, okay, good. So <laughs> when good. things move, uh, when things move, uh, like blockages, like 
that gets in people's way. Are you able to shift that? Oh, you know what? I'll, I'll tell you what. Blockages, one of my favorite topics. <laughs> yeah, we had more than one myself. Actually, so here's here's what's really, this has blown my mind working in the Akasha. <clears throat> is that, see, the Akashic record is, oh, excuse me one second. <clears throat> Sorry. The Akashic record is governed by three absolutes. And the absolutes are fear not, judge not, resist not. Okay? And and they work together. They form almost like a tripod, if you will, to keep the field. I mean, because it's a light field. It's a, it keeps it stable. So from an Akashic perspective, when, like, whether I'm working my own records or your records, anybody's records. You know, first of all, we we understand that what what we identify as blockages, I mean, it's nothing to get excited about. I mean, every human being on the planet, you know, has blockages. The people who don't have blockages aren't here anymore. So we want to keep our wits about us. Like, you know, don't panic if there's a blockage. But see, from an Akashic perspective, when we see a blockage, the first thing is to not judge it. To, because, see, we understand from a records perspective that every choice we ever make, every selection, every idea we adopt, every action we take, everything we ever do, we do because it is our best and highest idea at the time. Okay, yeah. and what holds what holds what we call a blockage? What holds that in place is the judgments we have about it. Whether it's self condemnation or condemning another, it's the judgment. Like, oh, I shouldn't have this blockage. I hate this blockage. This blockage is ruining my life. All of that keeps it stuck. You know, any kind of negativity, it's like crazy glue. It keeps these little rascals wedged in. But if I go in and I say, wow, I have this incredible blockage, you know, and blockages are just like, you know, collections of fear. (laughs) That's really all it is. And of course we're afraid. We're finite beings. It's like, well, okay. But anyway, so, so I look at the blockage and it's like, well, of course, it's okay. Of course. So the less, so what we want to do is let go of our resistance and our judgment about the blockage and have compassion for ourselves. And then what happens when we relinquish our our judgments, when we when we surrender, right? Really let go of the condemnation. The blockages start to fall apart. What keeps them what keeps them intact is all you know all our wrestling with them or trying to make them go away so so I think really you know from an akashic perspective, we see, and the more we come to understand that every, any blockage any blockage that we have we have because it was a good idea at the point of inception. And what unleashes a blockage, let me tell you a story. What unleashes it is compassion. Can I tell you, I, I, this is a great, this oh, yes, a great yes. thing. And I had this, I had this issue <laughs> among the many, but, you know, one of them was this, that when I would go to speak up, like to, you know, speak up for myself or something, I would be, I would have this, like, gripping fear that if I spoke up, someone was going to kill me. Now, listen, this makes no sense. No one has ever held a gun to my head. Do you know what I'm saying? It didn't make sense. But it, it didn't mean it wasn't real to me in my inside, right? I was like, whoa. Okay, so I struggled a lot with speaking up for myself. I, oh, I would either blurt everything out and be completely inappropriate, or I would say nothing and then really suffer. I mean, but it was kind of like, I mean, I had two options. Neither one was very, neither one was effective. So Maybe I took this into my records, right? I took this into my records. And, you know, I use this, I use the Akasha as a practice. It's not an event. Right, it's like you work overtime. So, but I went in, and and here's what happens. This is so fabulous. 
I'm like, what is this? Because I'm mad at myself. I'm mad at myself because, you know, I've, I've read the books. And then I'm mad at, of course, I'm mad at my mother because she never spoke up for herself. And I'm mad at my sisters because they don't either. And I realize, I realize all my aunts, none of them, and my grandmothers. Okay, now I'm mad at everybody. And whatever. But, but none of this is helpful. So I'm in my records. I'm like, when did this start? I, you know, you understand the frustration. And, and I have this sense. Here's what I get. I have the sense of being a little girl. I am standing there. I've got my left hand is holding on to a woman's like dress, like a house dress, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we're in some sad, you know, it's some sad little cottage. I don't know. It feels like I'm near the Baltic Sea. Why do I feel that? I don't know. This is what I get. Anyway, and there are there's a handful of kids there. And it's the father is off to war. I just, it's like I get this, like, uh, very clear awareness of being in this situation. And there are soldiers there. And the mother, whose skirt I'm hanging on to for dear life, the mother, oh, she's kind of bossy. She's kind of a, you know, she's chunky and bossy. And she's saying, you know, she's telling them to get out. And one of the soldiers says to her, if you don't, Basically, if you don't shut your mouth, I'll kill you. And she's like, you get out of my house. And you know what happens is they kill her. Now, in that moment, I made a decision that speaking up for myself would get me killed. Okay? Now, Mm -hmm. when I made that decision, that was a great idea. That decision saved my life. You know, 700 years ago. The problem, right? And it was such a good idea, I taught it to my children, right? And yeah. it saved their lives. These are rough times, right? And, and you know, we're all our own ancestors. So I get to this life, and here I am. I'm still, I am still holding this in my heart like it is a life-saving great idea. It's almost like I forgot. You know, I'm not I'm not in a war zone, right? Anyway, I have to tell you, though, what happened when I saw this, it's like I, I didn't see it with my eyes. I, I like, felt into it, right? I had mm-hmm. this sense of the decades of being so mad at myself and so, like, exasperated with everyone around me, it all melted. It's like, oh, my God. It's like the compassion, when I got it, like, what a great idea that was. It was as if the years of the locusts, right, the years the locusts had eaten were restored. And, but what it did was it dissolved, the, that's what dissolves, love dissolves, compassion dissolves blockages. It's just how do I get to the point where I can have compassion for myself for being imperfect, Right, yeah. and that is really what you know the records really are all about. Yeah. So yeah. when you when you dissolve that, do you also help the other women in your lineage? Because they they have the same blockage. It sounds like. Um. Yes, but that's a that's like a byproduct. It can't be primary. Do, do you understand? Because there's no, mm-hmm. I have no authority there. Because unless okay. someone comes to me and says, "Will you help me with this?" You know, then I don't. Do, do you see? I mean, yeah. does it but, dislodge but, it? It dislodges it. But whether or not, but everybody, it's 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 secondary. I I don't know how to. I don't know if that's. It just whether or not other individuals. Um, connect with that or not? I don't know. It's, oh, I was just thinking maybe not, if you have a daughter. Point. I'm if you sorry. Had a daughter that would. If you had a daughter, I don't know if you have a daughter or not. No, that, I have a son, but that's all right. <laughs> no, but, but you I know mean, what? If, yes, it would dislodge it. Sure, sure. Okay. Sure, sure. So, because it, karmically, I mean, karmically, our children are under our umbrella, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. E- energetically. So every shift that we have, they have. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And um, 
but they don't need to be conscious of it. I mean, you understand this. They don't need to be conscious right. of it. I mean, they just assume, you know, you know, I have, a, you know, we have a son. He's 22 now. He's just, a, I love this guy. He's a trip. But, you know, over the years, my partner and I, you know, oh, my God, you know, and our friends, we're all at the kitchen table talking about, oh, my God, you know, God is within and life and all. Anyway, and, and he comes in, Michael comes in, and he's like, I don't know why you guys make such a big deal about all of this. Everyone knows God is within. Everybody knows all you need is within you. Why do you have to talk about it all the time? <laughs> do you know? But the reason he knows that is because we know that, right? Mhm. I think it's hysterical. Anyway. So, so when you're working on your Akashic records and, and uh, working with your own soul, you're actually able to. Um, like mend the past and the future. Okay. I mean, is that how it works? I mean, you're doing well, the present. Everything. I mean, the present. I mean, that's right. There's nowhere to go. But I mean, you understand that. There's no like uh-huh. in the records. We don't go back to the past because actually, even though the past, present, and the future are all available to us in the record, they're not all available in the moment, because the truth is we don't need it all in the moment, right? Right. What we have access to, like the way to connect with the past, is is through through an issue, a present an issue or something that's troubling us in the present, right? And so we open up to see we ask in the records, you know, what is like I like to ask like what is the origin of this problem and and really what's the true nature of it and and how does it benefit me because see we would only have a difficulty if it was somehow good for us and and i don't mean that in a punitive way i mean if it was somehow helping us to love ourselves um you know when we talk about like we don't in the records we don't change the past i mean first of all you can't change the past it's delusional you know, I, but what we can do is change our relationship to what has happened. And that's, that's um, you know, as we come to understand that, again, every choice we've ever made, we made as an effort to um, experience more love and peace within ourselves and to, to really better ourselves. And and so so we begin to see the past quite differently. Um, I used to think that I would go into the records and I would be able to erase things and change things. And what I've learned from working in the records is there's no reason to change what has happened. Yeah, because right? that really got you to where you're 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 going. It's opening a path. Uh, more brilliantly for yourself in the future because you get to see this, this, these ways mm-hmm. to help support you, right? Yes, yes. And see, from from an Akashic perspective, the soul's journey as human, like, is is really first and foremost to come to love ourselves unconditionally to love ourselves as we are loved in um in divine awareness and so you know the challenge is how do i love myself when i am so imperfect how do i love myself when i'm a peasant how do i love myself when i'm a you know a witch doctor how do i love myself we go from lifetime to lifetime experiencing you know the human condition and a myriad of expressions really confronting can i love myself now right absolutely and and so it it alters like the way uh, you know, I used to think, you know, I, I came into this, you know, 1994, that was a while ago, and, um, you know, I was very much part of that dualistic thinking, good, bad, you know, I believed in the karmic ledger, 
you know, that there was some big scorecard out there. And, you know, I went from a, having a God who was keeping score to the, like the Lords of Karma or something, you know, um, and, and really what I've come to learn in the records is that that's just not how it is. That, that the fact is it's greater than that. And that, that there is no good, bad, right, wrong, punishment, all of that. No, 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 no. The question is, you know, and we live as, it's, it's such a paradox to be a human being and to be a human being right now, my God. You know, we have this awakening. I mean, you know, you both have this, like, on one hand, this complete knowing, like, oh, my God, I am an infinite, eternal, immortal being, unlimited, like, I mean, that's so true, and and at the same time, I am a mere mortal. I am a human being with flaws and imperfections, and and we live in that paradox, you know, um, I used to when I first when I first came on the path. I, I, here's what I thought: I thought the object of the game was to like get perfect, right? <laughs> I was going to get perfect, and then I would participate in life. And yeah, what I've well, learned working in the records is that the fact of the matter is that even though I am an imperfect human being, I am infinitely useful. And I get to participate in life just the way I am, and the contribution I have to make is valuable. Yeah. Like I chilled all over with that. <laughs> yeah, but see, that's really, it's like, oh, wait a second. So the goal isn't, you know, some some human idea of perfection. It's like, oh, we can be useful and helpful to one another. Okay. I, I just think, to me, that is like so Oh, I'm so glad. And it's yeah, not it's, what I thought when I first came on the path at all. Yeah, it's so. not competition. <laughs> no. <laughs> well, everybody right. has a different. Everybody has a different definition of what perfection is. So. <laughs> right. Right. But so. it's okay. Now, I, and I how it. everybody feels is that correct? It's. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But it's okay how people feel. I mean, it's their true, it's their truth in how they work within to support themselves. Oh, right. Yeah. Right. 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 Yeah. Now, Edgar right. Edgar Casey worked with the Akashic Records. Is that correct? Yes. Yes. And Edgar Casey. I mean, you know what a tremendous guy. Right, so here it was. I mean, if you think about it, it's the middle of the 20th century, and here's Casey, and he happens upon this dimension of awareness, and it is it is so rich, right? It's a rich realm of, of you know, it's just rich. It's the best. Hi. Okay. Uh, are we there? Yep. Hello. Yeah. Okay. Can you hear me? Okay. All right. So, so what happens is that Casey works in the records and and really popularizes the Akashic uh, records here in the West. Now, this is fascinating to me. This is like 1950s, right? 40s, 50s. And when Casey worked in the records, he was unconscious, right? He was like a trance. He was like in a trance. Okay. So he did not. It, it, he was he was uh he was unconscious, right? He didn't have that authority. Okay, so that was one thing. And the other thing is Casey couldn't teach other people how to do that. And so here we are, only sixty years later, sixty, seventy years later, and the records are now available to people, anybody who wants them. This is a radical shift. It's the first time in history that secular people like us can have conscious, responsible, deliberate access to this realm of awareness. Never before, right? And and so Casey Casey introduced this um, realm to us, which was, I mean, fabulous, right? And his work was tremendous. But he couldn't teach anyone else how to do it. It was still like um, I think he was 
uh, still in the in the old paradigm that only special people could could make this connection. But as we know, you know, certainly post 2012, those days are over. It is it is the time now for each and every one of us to I want to say to step into our spiritual authority to the best of our ability. But because it's new, I mean. I don't know. I mean, I don't know about, you know, you two, but I know certainly in my family, as my parents were quite religious, but they couldn't teach me these things or how to be in, how to be um engaged as an adult, right? They couldn't in in my own spiritual quest. They didn't it was it was not of their time. And so this is the time where where um I think good and Instruction is it makes a world of difference in terms of our satisfaction and effectiveness. Um, yeah. Like on one hand, it's it's such a, tr- a tricky thing. I see this when people come to classes, right? It's like they people come to classes. They have tremendous natural talent, but they don't have core. They don't have the skill they need. Right, it's like somebody who has a great artistic ability. You know, it helps to take a few art classes. <laughs> right, it's like this is that. So you don't want to be, you know. I know I had this myself. I know sometimes students will say to me, "I shouldn't have to take classes," and it's like, no, no, your kids won't have to take classes. But it's not like our we our predecessors could not teach us this. We are indeed the bridge generation, right? Wow. Bridging from wow. the old age to the new age. But the other thing is, we have to build the bridge. <laughs> so that's Linda, what we're doing. Uh, Linda, let me kind of take a moment here and let our sure. listeners know that um wow, this beautiful legacy you you're you've really brought to everyone. Uh you're the first person to make access to the Akashic records available to everyone through your proprietary pathway prayer process. And um so they can utilize the record as a spiritual resource for not only their personal empowerment but their transformation as well. Mm-hmm. Your web your website is lindahow.com and that's linda l i n d a and then how h o w e.com. Um you have classes, you have books. Um it's a great website. Oh please and it visit has it. A- it has the prayer on the website. It has. Yes. That's perfect. Yeah. yeah. Thank you, yes. Paula. And um, I, you know what? Just talking to you just really is is so great to have someone with these skills to be able to to come online and and uh, be able to share it. You have also just prior to going on. We um, had asked a couple questions. First of all, you did say you were going for your doctorate. Will you please speak about that? And um, uh, also, um, we asked you if you have another book that's being pumped out at this time. Can we talk a little bit about that before we go on? Okay, and, uh, okay. This is okay. Well, actually, I have my doctorate. I've earned my doctorate from... Okay. Um, in uh, a Doctor of Spiritual Studies, um, Akashic Records, I am the first person, uh, I think, in the world to have a doctorate um, in the Akashic Records as a as a spiritual resource for personal empowerment and transformation. I am tremendous. I am so excited about this. <laughs> I'm like, yay! Anyway, so it's it's really it is a great honor. To have this, um, I earned this with the Emerson Theological Institute. Um, so, and and they have been. I mean, it's it's a wonderful school. So I'm I'm very grateful for that. Um, so so that's that's that, and it's it's terrific. Um, I'm sorry. What else did you? I'm I'm all caught on the doctorate. You know, I never thought. Do you know? I never thought. So it's a program I designed, right? Um, because it didn't exist. <laughs> so, so anyway, so I did. So there you have it. Um, and it's all, you know, it's all original material, and it's very exciting. And and actually, the um, my thesis was on the pathway prayer process as an extension of the New Thought movement. Okay. So, 
Great. So that's what that's on. I mean, which is really, I don't know. I it was it's a lot of fun to do. Certainly, everything is always more work than I think it's going to be, but that's how it goes. But the the next book, isn't that funny? I always think, oh, this is going to be so much fun and easy, and then I'm in it, and I'm like, why did I think that was going to be so easy? <laughs> anyway, because you know what? I'll tell you. You know, people say, oh, you just sit down and channel this. It's like, no, I don't. What I do is I work in my records. I mean, this has happened with the first book, the second book, the third book. I am working on my fourth book which is manifesting your soul's purposes through the Akashic Records, living your destiny. I am so excited. I love this book. I and mean, whatever I'm doing, you know, I love like crazy. But I really, because because I, I feel like one of the great challenges of our time, like is, so what is this? You know, it, it's be, why are our soul's purposes, the issue of our soul's purposes, this is paramount in our in our awareness right now, and it is because we are entering into the age of the cultivation of our will. You know, we've worked in the heart mind paradigm for certainly the last thirty years, and and but now it's it's time to um, to embrace the will, and the will is about action and making our inner reality um, uh, real right, real, on, on the earth plane. Um, I actually, I talk about this quite a bit in my latest book, in, in Discover Your Soul's Path, right, this balancing the triangle, heart, mind, and will. So that's, um, but but actually, so I'm working on this fourth book right now, and I'm really, you know, I'm I'm excited about it, and it's just it's a, it's a real joy to work on but and and I don't just I don't just channel them I wish I did but I don't you know cuz because a lot of it is you know like I I get I get awareness you know insight guidance like that and and I have to really I have to work with it um I you know and and I develop classes to test things out so like all the material in my first three books, it's all in classes, you know, which I do in person. I also do online stuff um, it, because where this work comes alive, it, it comes alive when we engage it, right? It's not just the idea. It's the, it's the practice. And so it's really, it's very fun and, and it's illuminating to, to road test Right, road test ideas and to find out what works. You know what's true and what's not. Um, so, so, and I love to work with people. You know, whether it's you know, I do readings. I love doing readings. I've been doing readings for you know, <laughs> seventy lifetimes. I'm sure. I don't know. How, you know, I've been doing readings for I, I don't know since the the late '80s. But you know, I I do readings and and then work with people in classes. And it's just there is something really. You know, it's a real privilege to be able to be with people as they wake up, as they awaken to the this infinite life force within that just has been leading and guiding, uh, you know, and guiding us to the moment. And then we go from there. Yeah, it's fun to watch their eyes pop. (laughs) It is. It's like the best. I'm like, yay, and I get to do this. <laughs> it's like it's good. Yes. Well, this is definitely, you know, this is capturing the jewel, the treasure. <laughs> and uh, you have really done it so magnificently. This is really so fun. Wow, we're we're so happy that we got to have you with us. Uh, so, is there a last message you want to give our listeners? So here's what I really, yeah, sure. <laughs> but here's, here's what's important. If, if you are listening and you have the sense like, oh, yes, that's for me, then it is for you. Do you know that you are listening, you're participating today because it's your time. And give yourself the gift of good training. Don't shortchange yourself. There isn't time and it's not necessary. 
let yourself get the guidance, the human guidance and instruction you need because that will accelerate you on your path. And you deserve to, you deserve to get to the heart of things in an elegant, efficient manner. So let yourself get the help you need to get started. You won't need it forever. But let yourself get the help you need to get started. So, um, and you know, and if you if you heard me on this show and you meet me, please tell me that you heard me on this show. <laughs> I'll remember our time together. I remember everything. I'll remember this. So, so be sure and introduce yourself when we meet in person. So, are you coming to the West Coast soon? At any time? I'll tell you what. The next um, in. Um, it's I don't know it's as soon as soon's a relative term isn't it <laughs> in January I'll be at Mystic Journeys in um Los Angeles. Oh. But you guys are in Northern California, aren't you? Right, right. Yeah. yeah. But we have people yeah. listening from Southern California, so Okay, oh I hope they yeah. come in. Yeah. But well, I would come to Northern I you know if I would come to Northern California if someone invites me. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> You know, so together, yeah. So well, you you know, just uh, your technique is so exciting to to listen. It's like you're able to capture the love for yourself Mm -hmm. that you hadn't had. You get, you know, it's just like um, a a flower, you know, reblooming again. It's it's really igniting that energy within one to want to live a more magnificent life, you know? Yes. Yes, and you know what? We all have that. We all have that. It's just, and we are in, I mean, what's exciting to me is we're in the time where we can let go of that need to shut ourselves down. It has kept us safe for centuries, but it's over. This is the day of the awakening. And everybody, you know, everybody has it within, and everyone will do it at the perfect time. So, you know, it it is. It's it's quite exciting. Now, I have a question for you, Linda, before you leave. Sure. Um, what's, the diff- what's the difference between the, your three books? I know the first one is uh, instructional on how to, to get into the cast records. Right. Okay. So the first book is How to Read the Akashic Records. Okay, and that is, it's really, it's a how-to book. It's like, this is how you do it. And it also has, and it's how the records are organized, the composition, like that. And it also has um, some of the foundation work, right? The first is um, energy healing in the records, um, clearing unwanted ancestral patterns, and then um, reconciling past lives. So that's the first book. The second book is Healing Through the Akashic Records, right? Using the power of your sacred wounds to discover your soul's perfection. This is actually being re-released in um, June of 2016. It's coming out in paper. Um, This book is about personal healing. Okay, so it really is about shifting our relationship. You know, everybody's wounded. Uh, You know, it's not... (laughs) everybody's wounded. The idea is that we have the opportunity to shift our relationship with our wounding experiences from shaming to empowering, right? And that these are the portals um, for our transformation in our relationship with ourselves. You know, that, that, you know, healing the, you know, the devastating wound of self-abandonment, then working with um, moving from resentment to forgiveness and freedom from limiting patterns. And finally, the ascension matrix, which is gratitude, grace, and generosity. It's activating that so we can learn how to rise above. And then my third book, Discovering Your Soul's Path, actually has everything, you know, it's got how to read the records, it's got healing grievances um, against yourself, and then it has, this book really addresses the challenge, how do I maintain my spiritual awareness while I participate in the world? How do I do that? Because most of us have done a lot of the healing work. You know, we're, we're healed enough. 
know you're not as healed as we like. You know, we're healed enough, you know. But we are. And it's like, and we know there's more. But the challenge is, you know, it's not an either-or proposition. We have the, you know, this book really addresses how to live in the world, how to really participate, you know, with life the way it is. You know, right. Linda, and, I'm sorry. Yeah. We we are out of time. And um, oh, thank you. Yeah, okay. The books are great. And thank you. Thanks for yes. Thanks for having me. So, everybody, uh, go online and get the, her newest book, Discover Your Soul's Path Through the Akashic Records: Taking Your Life from the Ordinary to the Extraordinary. So, thank, thank you so much, oh my Linda. God. Oh, thank you, thank, thank you so much. Thank you so much. We'll talk again. Bye-bye now. Okay. Bye-bye. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, over limited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.